Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's been having unusual dreams. It's Richard Herring. Hello, my fan friends. Feeling slightly better this week, but we'll see. I've just been sick in the back of my throat. We'll see how it goes. So, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was talking to Sam and Cat the other day. Remember Sam and Cat? And I've gone the other way. It's too too recent for you. That's the. It's Ariana Grande and Jeanette McCurdy, who are both very famous now. My kids watch it. It's terrible. Um, it's not terrible. It's good. Uh, they call it realist, but anyway. Uh, so. Yeah, I've been, I've been ill, and so I've been... T- my wife's uh, got sort of me- medicine slash poison uh, that uh, she's been giving me. So I've been drinking... Just trying this. You know, listen to me for a little bit. It's very, it's very, it's very interesting what I've got to say. I've been, I've been having magnesium before I go to bed and CBD oil, which is like proper, full-on... Dr- that's as druggy as I get. They've taken... They say they've taken out the psychedelic bit, but I had a dream 
where I had COVID. I thought I had COVID and I had to go for a COVID test uh, in my management offices. And a young man gave me a COVID test and he said he had to do it by sticking uh, a, a cotton bud up my penis. <laughs> I wish that was fine. Uh, I accepted, but then he, he licked my penis as he was doing it. And he, and he realised, he said, oh, sorry, that was inappropriate. And he, was, he said, it just has to be wet. So he spat on it and said, oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, it, went, it went on. There was, uh, forgotten the name of the actress, but you know the actress in White Lotus, who's uh, Stifler's mum, Jennifer Coolidge. She, I was at a urinal. She came in, she was much smaller than you would imagine. Uh, and, and she used a urinal as well. So it's, it, was very, it was a very exciting... So, I, I, you know, I'm not any better. Uh, so, uh, and pe- people who are following uh, from last week or the weeks before the podcast, where my son uh, spent an hour in the car going, I want to go to McDonald's, we're going to Pizza Hut. And he went, I want to go to McDonald's. He was crying, screaming. We, go, we went to Pizza Express and he wanted to go to McDonald's. Uh, when we got to Pizza Express, he went, oh, good, I'm hungry. Uh, I took him to McDonald's this week to make up for the fact that he didn't go to go last week. Didn't seem that pleased about it. I'm just so that's the punchline to that. We've uh, got one more of these to do. This is really for the people in the room, uh, this run. Uh, next Monday, I'll be talking to Reese James, fantastic newer comedian, and uh, my first love, my, the only woman I've truly ever loved in my life. Uh, Janet Ellis will be the other guest. So do, do come along. There are still tickets available. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, let's, let's crack on with this podcast. We, got, we have an absolutely amazing guest. Uh, he's probably best known as the co-presenter of Salvage Squad. That's why we're here. A lot of a surprising number of Salvage Squad fans in the audience tonight have turned up. Will you please welcome? I'm so honoured for him to be here. This is amazing. It's Suggs, ladies and gentlemen. It's Suggs. Come here. Sit down. From Salvage Squad. Yeah. Good show, Salvage Squad. They were the days. <laughs> How did you feel when you got the Salvage Squad gig when that came? When that, the well, news I'll came? tell you what, I can tell one rivet from another right okay. now. Right now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, in all seriousness, the band had packed up for a bit and I had nothing on, and <laughs> that was the reason I did it. <laughs> Well, we may talk more. There's a, I mean, you have such an incredible career. Quite. You have, but you've done so many different things. And, you know, and I think, like, you know, I, I'm thinking back to my own school days, so I was, you know, a teenager in the early 1980s. And I think, out of all the bands, I think Madness is the band that I most associate with that time, which must be the case. There must be a lot of men in their mid-50s to late-50s who get a bit overexcited and strange when they see you. <laughs> and, and women as well, I should say. How dare you, <laughs> Nice, all beautiful teenage chicks coming up to me. <laughs> now, my daughter sent me a little video of a pub in Walthamstow where she's moved to. She went, oh, Dad, you, never, you, you were rocking last night. Anyway, it was the worst lookalike madness band you've ever seen. <laughs> and she said, I was the youngest person by about 30 years ago. <laughs> I do worry sometimes, yeah, people of my age, you know, skipping about like they were teenagers. You think one of them's going to have an heart attack at some point soon. But on that score, no, 
We've got new generations of kids <laughs> who love madness. Fresh as daisies. But I think it's also something... When there was a lot of good music around in the 80s, I think, and it's a, it is something to be the band. I think I was thinking about it, and I think for me... I think it is... It's, when I think, if I go one band, Schoolfield, Madness. You know, we liked the jam, we liked um, the specials. But the, the, the madness sums up partly because I think as kids it felt like it was music. And you, you know, you're not a lot older than me. You were, you were. Thank like, you. <laughs> you were, you were kids when you were, when you were, when you we were, were kids. Band yeah, together. we were seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. And in fact, I've just been doing a documentary for some television station or other about Camden Town for a change. <laughs> Same old stories, Dad, Dad, those old stories. I'm going see this pub on the left. Oh, it's not there anymore. Anyway, <laughs> if it was still there, I've got a really fascinating anecdote. <laughs> but, and you do end up like the grumpy old man, but it was a sensational time for music in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I was saying that about Camden Town, for instance. You know, cyberpunks, new romantics, you know, goths, rockers, mods, all our mob, the rude boys, whatever. And every pub had its own music scene and was very individual in that... Yeah. Context, you know, so it was a very fertile time, I think, for music, yeah. I mean, yeah. not saying it ain't now, because I'm old and boring, you know, but, yeah, I think it was a great time. And I, I think for, for stuff to say, and, and I think in a way, it's, do you think it's because Madness were not trying to be cool in the way that some fans were trying to be cool in the 80s? It was well, fun, right? Well, I would right? say it was, it was a bit was... of that, yeah. yeah. Like, you look at Duran Duran on the yacht and all that, you know, <laughs> on the way to Miami, and we were on the wrong side of Parkway with a... Burst balloon <laughs> and a piece of string, yeah. party hats, trying to make out we were something. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, without getting deep. I mean, we were friends at school, and the whole process of the band was just because we liked each other, and it was a great thing to be able to do rather than stealing money out of phone boxes. <laughs> well, I was watching and read and also listening to the audiobook of Before We Was We uh, this weekend, which is. It's a really fantastic... Do- and as, as the music is of Madness, I think it's a fantastic document of a time and a sort of forgotten time and a time that people gloss over. Right? So the 70s were not... 70s in London were, it was a difficult time to be a young person. There was no money. There was... You were, there's lots of... No, it's funny you say that, yeah, because we made this documentary. It's about 40th anniversary of the band. And you look back at those times and it was all black and white. There was no colour whatsoever. And, yeah, funny enough, I was saying at them in Camden Town, I didn't see a girl in Camden Town till 1983. <laughs> it was just blokes outside pubs punching each other. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, things have moved on. But uh, the good thing about that was, I was saying, you know, if you were a young band, there were a lot of venues to get gigs in, which I don't think exist anymore. I mean, I don't for comedians, musicians. I mean, yeah. in Camden, there were probably about ten pubs, Irish pubs, like function rooms at the back, where yeah. you could get a gig. you just knock on the door. If you sold a few pints of beer, he'd ask you to come back next week. So there was an opportunity to build something as a band. Yeah. Whereas now you have to be posh, don't you? And your mum and dad have to pay for you to do these sort of things, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think that's changed. I mean, obviously, music moves on, and then, of course, you've got house music and all the raves in King's Cross. So that moved on in that way. Um, and now kids are doing songs on their own mobile phones, so it keeps evolving. But in terms of that period, you could go out every night and see a live band for nothing. Yeah, it was great, yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, I think it's, it, it's quite rare for 
I mean, it's, it, it's not an entirely working-class band madness, but there's a working-class element to it, and, and even the sort of more middle-class element is still fairly gritty stories from their youth. Well, and you when, know, when, like, oh, we... you know, up-and-coming, lower-middle-class people. They <laughs> don't want to go on about being working-class. But no, we're all working-class, yeah. believe me. Yeah, so but, yeah. You know, for that to be, do- to be that really documented in a book in this documentary, I think it's just fascinating because that's a, a voice, like, historically that wouldn't... I mean, and, and the... And the Music as well documents stuff that wouldn't get documented. I think you know. I think as funny as funny as it is, and as fun as it is, something like uh, baggy trousers is a real document. I, mean, I, know, I, read, I read that you said that people thought you were writing about Dickensian times yeah. with, with baggy trousers, <laughs> without realizing that. This... I was writing about Oxford bags for our younger <laughs> viewers. With trousers that come up here with six buttons and four pleats, Woodhouse. Yeah, I remember. Trying to nick a pair of them under a pair of jeans was hard work. Because <laughs> those trousers had more material than a pair of curtains. Right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, funny you should mention that. Yeah, I remember I was walking through a playground in Kentish Town with Joe Strummer, without saying, but... And I was saying, I don't know what's happened. Like, we just suddenly got all these kids, you know, baggy trousers, what are they supposed to be for... <laughs> And all these kids were singing baggy trousers in this playground. And Joe said, mate, it ain't going to get no better than that. And when I look back, to have an impact on that generation, obviously, was a privilege, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think, like, back of the head with the plastic cup and the sausage in Grange Hill, they're, 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 they're the two... <laughs> they're the two bits, aren't they? I don't know how people thought that was Dickensian, back of the head with the plastic cup. And how that line even <laughs> survives. <laughs> Stabbed in the back or bottled, <laughs> but on the back of the head with a plastic cup. <laughs> but of course, that is the things you remember, yeah. It is. And I was at a wedding last year or the year before, uh, and uh, it, you know, it was it, the, the all the music was coming coming on, and um, House of Fun came on, and everyone went crazy. And it compl- I mean, it gave me. I've got an idea for a book that will never be made. But as I was dancing this wedding. As a 54-year-old man, thinking, you know, well, usually I'm a, we used to be at weddings when I was 25, and it used to be fun. And then this, this came on, and I thought of all the Fairlands discos where I danced to this song, as I had an idea about being sort of taken back in time, you know, like a vice versa thing. Uh, but that, you know, that song really... That, again, that's the song that when I think of school discos and failing to pull girls <laughs> and not needing condoms... If, even if I understood that's what it was about. Now, that song, yeah, <laughs> is the one that contemporaries of my daughters come up to me and say, I've never been more embarrassed in my life <laughs> than seeing Uncle Joe at the wedding dancing yeah. to Flipping House of Fun. It was absolutely outrageously terrible. But House of Fun, yeah, 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 yeah. Funny enough, originally it was called The Chemist Facade, and this is still a bone of contention, which I'll tell you right now. And uh, the head of our record label was called Dave Robinson, who ran Stiff Records, which we ended up on, which was great. El- uh, Elvis Costello, you know, our hero, Ian Jury, Kirsty McCall, all of that. And we finished his song and he went, yeah, it just needs a chorus. So me and the guitarist Chris went in a back room and wrote the chorus, Welcome to the House of Fun. Well, Mike and Lee, who wrote the rest of the song, still haven't credited us for that. And <laughs> they probably owe me at least 30 grand. Yeah. I think that song will definitely be taken out to middle-aged men at weddings. <laughs> is, my, is, my, is, my, is my guess. I wasn't drunk at this wedding. If I'd been drunk, I think I might have died uh, dancing to that one. <laughs> dancing to that again. Uh, but and, 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 there's... there's 
it is this sort of remarkable story of, of you sort of almost a you know, it's this combination of guys coming together, uh, scallywags, thieves, finding this love of music together. And, and I think, like, there was a sort of... Watching the documentary, a sort of element of you, uh, you know, finding a family within each other. You all maybe had absent parents or an absent parent. Yeah, well, I, you know, we did this documentary called, called Before We Was We. And, 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 you know, up to that point... You know, everything had been pretty glossy, you know, madness of these lovely, poppy, shiny people. We just thought it's about time to be able to say that, in fact, we weren't. <laughs> we were really horrible people who happened to be able to get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, you know, the records were popular with the people. And, um, I mean, for instance, we were banned off pop top of the pops four times you know <laughs> but we just kept having it so they really you could see their faces when we turned up on them again oh, no, Christ <laughs> sakes. but that top of the pot the, the first time you're on top of the pops mm. the, the, you you're you turn to the camera the first thing you do and you just look so stupid no absolutely in the place that you're meant to be you look so at peace and you know and so ready for it you're cheeky it's funny, and you're ready to go, and you're all dicking about. And... Well, that's very kind, yeah, because yeah. funny enough, yeah, there's another film called Take It or Leave It, which is all about how we all met each other, thank you. Um, <laughs> and there was a moment in that, because people were coming and going. There was probably 15 people in our firmament, you know, some who were taking it more seriously than others. And there's just that moment when there's me, Woody, blah, 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 all the rest of us, and it suddenly clicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that... Top of the pops, yeah. I mean, we were 18 years old, yeah, and suddenly you thought, yeah, why not? Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> this beats. But I remember I was talking to Lee, our saxophone player, who was saying he was painting and decorating for the National Health at the time, and he was painting this ward for the old age pensioners. And he got the call to say, You better get down to um, BBC Television Centre, you're on top of the pops. And it really was that click moment you know yeah. it was surreal yeah yeah and then in the documentary as well they talk about the infamous appearance on magpie that none of you can remember and you you can't remember it because you didn't get there <laughs> but this was the first tv appearance of madness that, that nobody well, I remember, could remember the poor girl who used to try and get a television <laughs> program saying to me sugs do you know how many bands who give their right arms to be on top of the pops and i said I'm sorry, we're just not right arm giving people. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have a slight arrogance, and I remember that magpie only because people have shown me the video, yeah. <laughs> and they've had to get a ventriloquist dolly up to do my part. I was in bed with a girl at the time. <laughs> Bollocks, what, getting up at eight in the morning to do that children's program? Naff off. <laughs> But the thing was, I mean, I must say, it's very hard, you know, when you look back. I mean, that documentary's great, because we all got a chance to remember, and it's only when you talk amongst yourselves that you remember half of it, because it's, it's just passing phenomenon at the time when you're that young. But because we were all sort of famous from when we were, where we were, for, for various reasons, you know, being a pop star wasn't really something we were interested in. We were interested in making music and doing something that was you know, entertaining for ourselves. And so the whole idea of what you're supposed to do is like a complete, you know, mystery. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and the two-tone tour, I want to yeah. talk... I mean, that must have been... I mean, I think you talk about it being one of your, the happiest times of your life, but it must have been amazing. So this is... Totally, you... totally. And I mean, there's a few things that come, like we've got a residency at a pub in Camden Town, that sort of turned a corner for us. And then all of a sudden, uh, the specials turned up at a pub called The Hope and Anchor. And, and they, they looked like us, they sounded a bit like us, but they were better than us. <laughs> And Jerry, who was the keyboard player, didn't have anywhere to stay that night. And uh, in them days, like, the best chance you had of finding somewhere to stay was pulling a bird. <laughs> but with them teeth... <laughs> he ended up keeping it at my mum's flat. <laughs> and in the wee small hours, he said, um, I'm thinking of starting a label. I'm hoping to do something like an English Motown. I said, Jerry... Isn't that a smidge optimistic, seeing you've played to 35 people in a pub basement? <laughs> but six months later, he rang me up and said, look, we're doing it, and I've heard some of the stuff that you're doing. Do you want to put out a record? And it was just so fast, you know what I mean? That's why it's hard to remember. And then yeah. the next thing, we're meeting at the Roundhouse in Camden Town, and there's a bus, and we're going on a two-tone tour with the specials, the selector later Dex's Midnight Runners, and we were 18 years old, you know, so, yeah, of course, it was <laughs> totally mind-blowing. And it's sort of the first time you'd really played outside of London, right? Yeah. Yeah. And all, and, and so three bands together most of the time, right? And Yeah, so on the bus, it was like, the people who puffed were down at the back, Rico and all the old guys, and then the people <laughs> who drank were in the middle, and then the people who took amphetamines were up the front. <laughs> So you can guess where we were. <laughs> Up and down that aisle, right? <laughs> the Parisian oars draws. <laughs> Which is, you know, why no-one remembers being on Magpies. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was amazing. Yeah, I remember, that, um, the, you know, before mobile phones, obviously, so the tour manager would put in a, a garage and have to get on the phone to the next venue, and they're going, they're just going... It's just... It was... <laughs> rocketing, you know, in terms of a phenomena. Two-tone yeah. was suddenly what everyone was into. And they were trying to find bigger venues. Everywhere we got, there was a riot of kids trying to get in. A very, very exciting time, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for me, I was a big comedy fan, and so I think probably the first... I mean, not the first time I became aware of you, but the, the, the thing that kind of really cemented it for me was you being on The Young Ones twice, which was pretty, pretty cool. So that, that made me very happy. And how was that... How you was play that a song, I'll smash your face in. <laughs> yeah. How was that to be well, on the Well, that was great, and funny enough, you know, your journey, my journey, what they was called in alternative comedy, I can't remember, there was a theatre around here somewhere where we used to go and see your Alexis Sales, Rick Mails and yeah. all that, which is stand-ups and Dawn French and all that, and literally smaller than this place. And it was obviously something very interesting happening. And then Ben Elton and the other fellow actually started... Well, they got a gig right in the... Well, funny enough, they were trying to do a TV show with us. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. And this. I've still got the script. <laughs> and it was going to be where Margaret Thatcher had turned out to be a Martian and flown back to Mars. <laughs> and in a snap election, Madness got voted in as the new <laughs> parliament. <laughs> to give free beer to people under 16. 
And I remember we did a pilot for this show in a calf in Camden Town. But obviously it's very hard to make a calf look like the House of Parliament, you know. <laughs> and the BBC's great wisdom, they said it's going to be too expensive and we can't trust these lot to do it anyway. But a lot of what they wrote for that show ended up in The Young Ones, yeah. And, um, yeah, so we knew all that crowd. And it, that was really fantastic because they were literally doing what they want. You know, people still talk about those shows. And yeah. then they go, well, what do you want to do? You know, you've got our house. Went, I'll tell you what we want to do, right? We want to get a load of police vans, right? Smash them all up. Hit policemen over the head with baseball bats. So, I went, yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, there was always this theatricality. You, in, in, again, in your, in your fa fantastic autobiography, um, That Close, um, you talk about um, you, got, you got in with a kind of theatrical place where you weren't really allowed to have costume. You weren't, it wasn't like a fancy dress place, but they would allow madness to take out anything they wanted. So you, you, would, you would get to be able to play pranks and dress up. You know, yeah, like that, yeah. Being young and dressing up, you know, who doesn't want to dress up? But there was this very th serious theatrical costumiers called Berman and Nathans in Camden. And it really was like where they did all the movies. And we got to know one of the fellas in there. And you'd like have whole floors of like Lawrence of Arabia, you know, Cleopatra. And, and you know, like it wasn't like some crappy old fancy dress stuff, you know, the plastic mark. It was the real gear. And they didn't lend it out, but they took a shine to us. And, and, and so we got to get the real gear. And of course, yes, I don't know if you're alluding to the time <laughs> we got real policemen's uniforms. <laughs> and you can imagine the fun we had on the streets. <laughs> With him. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and I've said this a million times, but I will. So the clash were rehearsing just out of the roundhouse, and we found out where they were rehearsing. We kicked the door in, dressed as coppers, and gone. <laughs> All you could hear was doors slamming and toilets flushing. <laughs> Never spoke to us for five years. <laughs> but now I think, because Madness kind of fizzled a bit at the middle 80s, and I think it's because we ran out of things to dress up as. <laughs> coppers, flowers, cowboys. Yeah. So but it was, was... it was the anarchy of it, you know, there was, there was that, I don't, you know, you say that the book kind of reveals that you were kind of naughty boys underneath, but I mean, I think the fact you were, you were naughty boys was sort of a, apparent, that was the appeal that you, you know, that you were, you felt, I think for any kids watching it, and I think especially any London kids and any kids from a similar background to you, it would be, that's me up there, you know, that, that it's, it's possible, you know, it's possible that that could be me. Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be possible, but, you know, it, it, it felt like they were just... Well, I do believe, know. yeah, you know, you talk about the backstory or the hidden deeper meaning and all that, doesn't it? It does. And, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, I still see people who know us and know the... You know, the stories are there, out there, you know what I mean? They may not always have been um, in the papers, but everyone knew who we were, and that, I do think, permeates one way or another, yeah. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And I'm kind of interested in, you know, so the post-madness stuff and your, especially your acting because you, what, you, you know, you've, you've done... Back one, to Salvage Squad. Well, Salvage Squad, but you've done... Oh, that rivet looks a bit big to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about that one, mate. But you, you know, you're very honest about the in the book again about uh, your the, the acting jobs you nearly got or you didn't get. Or you know, I think that could easily have been. Like, I know you have done a fair amount of acting anyway, but that could have been a, like a major thing. You nearly got in Absolute Beginners. Yeah, fell over and broke my toe at the dancing <laughs> audition. I was just talking about that. Funny enough. Um, my daughter didn't know that. She's laughing because she's in the film world. And um, so, yeah, they want me to play the match. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be an actor. Come on, come on, so Have a look. Do a little dancing um, thing, audition. So I trip over and I break my big toe. Right? This is Japanese choreographer going, higher, Suggs, higher, higher. <laughs> so then I ring my missus afterwards. She's desperate to know how it's gone. She said, where are you? I said, Middlesex Hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, also I was talking some snatching defeat from the jaws of victory is a, <laughs> is a consistent... For instance, right, we were just talking about it the other day, I was talking to Gary and my managers out there about what we're going to do. We've got a new album coming out, you know. We've sort of done everything, you know, Roof of Buckingham Palace. You know, how are we going to make something out of this? And I was talking about how madness do it. So Bob Geldof rings me up and says, I've got this idea called Live Aid. I was thinking, fuck it, this geezer couldn't organise a bunk up in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, I'm all right with that, Bob. <laughs> so me... Jerry Dammers and the singer of UB40 decide we're going to do our own thing. <laughs> Rootsy, you know what I mean, proper. So we sold 4,000 copies of our song, whatever it was called. <laughs> and I never forget, I was moving house on the day of Live Aid and I could hear it coming out of every television in a five-mile radius. Anyway, yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> but yeah, every now and then I don't achieve all that I should. <laughs> well, I think you have achieved a lot more than... Yeah. than it's, it's kind of fun that, that 
you know, you've had these moments that could have gone one way and went the other. It's very on brand. But as you say, you've played the Olympics, you've played Buckingham Palace, you played the, the closure of... The, I mean, you close a lot of things down. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say. BBC... I went, and then down. when the post office rang us, I said, no, no. <laughs> and I think Malta were next. I said, no, <laughs> not closing anything else down. But again, it's that, you know, it's that associate... That to be associated with the Olympics... But closing yeah. things down. No, the, to be associated with the Queen, the Olympics, the Buckingham... Yeah. I mean, the Buckingham Palace thing must have been mind-blowing, right, for, for someone who grew up largely in London. Yes, yes, of course, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I know what to say. I'm not necessarily a royalist. I, loved, I did like the Queen, I've got to say. Yeah, we all loved the Queen, didn't we? We loved the Queen. Oh, dear. No, no. <laughs> a lot of Republicans in here. They, you know, quickly, it quickly fades, doesn't it? They, we liked her, yeah, but where's she, what's she done lately? Prince Andrew? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's a shame what's happened to him, isn't it? <laughs> what? £32,000 a year yoga teacher. Sorry, sorry we've got to take that away. In Live-in yoga teacher. Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> So we were, we were doing it, yeah, and then this geezer come and went, we want to do a bit of graphics on the outside of Buckingham Palace, and we couldn't really see it on a laptop, do you know what I mean? And the next thing, he's made the Buckingham Palace collapse and turned it into a block of flats. And it turned out to be a very epochal moment for us, yeah, and fortunately, we had a tour on sale the next day, so that's beautiful. <laughs> Um, and, you know, you, what I, again, what I liked about Mandis was the humour, and I think that's sort of, you know, that's what makes it stand out. You are a very funny man. You've, you've toured your own one-man show, and I understand you had a crack at stand-up in the 80s, the mid-80s, is that right? I heard you had a, a go. <laughs> Elucidate, my <laughs> That's what I heard. That's, that's the information well, that well, I had. Well, I was trying to do stand-up. Yeah, do stand-up. With Jules Holland. I think, I, like, I heard 1986-ish you tried... You oh, yeah, well, there was stand-up. a time, yeah. I yeah. thought, yeah, I'll get on stage just... After 35 seconds, my mouth dried up. I'd run out of steam <laughs> and I was booed off. Um, yeah, I've had various goes at it, but, 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 but more recently I've kind of learned that you do have to have some sort of idea of what you're going to say, you know, so... <laughs> It's different, isn't it, to being in the pub with your old mates who laugh at anything you say because you're getting the rounds in, to actually being on stage on your own. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I've been doing a relatively successful one-man show for the last few years, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a, you know, you've got a lot of stories. It was a, a lot of things have happened to you, but you have a very a comedic sensibility in that you... I think you're happy to laugh at, your, at the things that go well, wrong. Well, I do well believe that's true also, yeah, what you said about the band and the longevity. I think self-deprecation, I mean, I'm not... You know, you don't have to overdo it, but we didn't mind laughing at ourselves. You know, that, I think, is something good. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um... And, uh, yes, a fan wanted to know this, which I think is a good question. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's a good, no, it's a good question. Why have Madness never released a Christmas single? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> well, it's jingle bells, it's Christmas time. Santa's filling his sack. Jump on the reindeer's back. It's good. I'm putting which it out. Way? 
<laughs> it's hardly Slade, is it? Let's be fair. <laughs> no, we've been talking about it, but Christmas comes, and of course, you've got to write it in the summer, haven't you? You're, you're there in your flip flops on the beach in Ibiza, you're hardly thinking about snow and all that stuff. You could, you could write it at Christmas and put it out the next Christmas. That's true. <laughs> Last Christmas. <laughs> Guff you my heart. <laughs> anyway, no, stop, stop. I mean, you've got a few songs that are, that are, are long runners, but it is, it is that, you know. It, Noddy Holder must be pretty, oh, mate, pretty I know happy Noddy about Holder a little bit. And um, after I was doing my one-man show, he met me. He was trying to do one, but he ain't got the memory anymore. But, um, <laughs> but um, he did this little show, and he had a sort of question-and-answer thing with what's-his-face, Mark Six Music. And yeah, I didn't know that, that he'd written a song, what turned into, right. what is it, Merry Christmas, didn't yeah. it? And he played the original, it was just this rather dreary love song. Right. But he said, then he turned it into a Christmas song and it brings him in about 300 grand a year. <laughs> so if only we turned our house into, ah, yeah. oh, Merry Christmas, dear <laughs> Santa's house, that's Santa's what I said. Santa's house, Santa's house, Santa's house. Santa's house. in Santa's the middle of Come and sit here. Come and sit on my neck. The North Pole. <laughs> 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 uh, and, well, I'm, I'm sure uh, your fans will know this story that you've... That madness uh, responsible for two earthquakes. Yes. <laughs> that's all I need from you. Yes, yeah, so... Packed up 1984, 1984. Still, I think, top best band in the 80s, and we give them a six year chance to catch up, but none of them did. <laughs> but we come back in 92, was it? We did a, a show in Finsbury Park. We had a friend called. Uh, Thank you. Um, so we get a cheer for a park, innit? <laughs> I think all parks would get a cheer, don't you? Clapman Common. Yeah. Regents. Yeah. Hyde. Hide, okay, no, right, that's okay. Um, <laughs> he used to do this thing called the Flower um, Power, Vince Power, Vince Power, yeah. Big Irish festival in Vince. But he said, Look, I've got all the fences and the staging. Do you fancy coming on the next week? You haven't played for six years. And we were sort of thinking this could be a good buy. Anyway, 70,000 people turned up over the weekend. And when we started One Step Beyond, everyone was jumping up and down and it caused an earthquake, yeah. <laughs> And they were evacuating people from the flats opposite. <laughs> and the police were dubious. But they brought down this, whatever they're called, you know, investigators of earthquakes in a white coat. And it's on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> and she goes, it was. And when it happened the following night, police had to believe it was <laughs> fat madness fans jumping up and down. <laughs> I mean, Not that was... Not allowed to say that, you know. That was the 1990s as well. They're going to be a lot fatter by now. The... So if... if, if, if... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to, to make Suggs laugh because he's hurt his ribs. So that was the first the third one. time. First one after 45 minutes. My grandson jumped on me in a swimming pool. Of course, you're not allowed to say, have you? Ah, it's fine! <laughs> anyway... So you've got it. You have. You've got a new album, and you've you've got yeah. a new a new tour. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? So yeah. So we've got an album out that could be called The Theatre of the Absurd, 
doing a big tour in uh, December time. We've got a few gigs in the summer. Um, the theatre of the absurd, you know, I mean, we've all been a flight. We've all been through a slightly absurd few years, haven't we? And we were trying not to be too depressing about it, but it's very hard to ignore, isn't it? Um, anyway, you know, it'll be a great madness experience if you fancy it. And how do you find... I mean, I'm finding touring just as a stand-up comedian and I don't have to jump around. No, you don't, do you? Look, no. You're sitting there like that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a chair for this, but when I do comedy, I've got to stand up. But I find it very... You know, I find one night of doing comedy... Quite exhausting now. Are you? Have you how, how do you? How do you get through doing well, a well, tour? Of... Well, let's put it this way: our dressing room after a gig is like, <laughs> like one of them, like where you see a rugby team, like ligaments, you know, <laughs> linseed oil, God knows what. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't do it for months on end, you know, and I don't think we could. But when we do do it, we do it with the same energy we always did. But you're right; it takes its toll. Yeah, yeah. you can't. I can't do it for very long, but an hour and a half, sort of, as long as the knees hold out. Yeah, we're all right, yeah. And it's, you know, it is a pretty astonishing friendship between you guys. God almighty. It's a long time, right? It's a long time you've been together. Don't be like that. <laughs> friendship, you say. Is that what you call it? <laughs> well, as, I've, as I was saying backstage, I've been Let's in a couple... Let's go tolerance, right? <laughs> I've been in a couple of double acts, and I know that's a bit more intense, but it's quite hard to keep that going. How yeah. how how is it partly being apart from each other? I think, like you you were saying in the book, that when you were to begin with, you wish you'd taken more time off and realised you didn't have to keep on doing it. Is it the fact you go away and come back to it? And it's certainly it's okay. is now exactly. Yeah, we had the intensity of the first five or six years, and you're young, and then it suddenly went like, oh no. You know, if it becomes depressing or boring, then then stop doing it. But now we've just got to the point where we can do it when we want to. And tolerance, for sure. You know, we're getting grumpier and more crystalline in our own opinions. But but basically, when we make music and we're on stage, we still really enjoy it, yeah. But yeah. just not every night of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and does, do you think, in a sense... Because I think it does, as an audience member, as a fan, you know, you, when you're hearing the music, it takes you back and you feel young again. Do you think performing it, does it make... Do, do you still feel the same? In, yeah, in, and I go back to that, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm not being whatever, but there's old new generations coming to see us. And when I see yeah. their enthusiasm for us, of course it's a equal... You know, it bounces off you, of course it does. And, yeah. and, and, and you, you, you get energy from the audience, yeah, and, and vice versa, I think. Yeah, from us, yeah, yeah. Um, right, the other things I wanted to let... There's, there's, let's see how much of this you remember. Oh, good. Yeah, I wanted to go... No. <laughs> uh, I you, wasn't there. You were in... Like, so, A, you are in The Young Ones. That's my number one dream. Yeah. Number two, you were in Press Gang. That's my second... <laughs> what, do you, what do you remember about... In the end, I got... I sort of God. got into a bit of Press Gang in the end, but I... Uh... <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> How, do you remember, do you remember no, much about the Press Gang? No, <laughs> What was that? It was, it was a long time ago, but I remember the programme, and there were lovely people. All off, a lot of them went on to become very successful, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, I remember that, that whole Anna, Anna Share school, which was for Islington. So many great actors come out of there, but I don't really mem- remember being on the show. No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Next, uh, a, a question of pop. How do you, you feel about a question of? Pop? Oh God, a question of pop. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was like a question of sport, but without the viewers. 
And instead of the lovely Sue Barker, we had Jamie Feigston. <laughs> but funny enough, Noddy Older was the captain and I was a captain, but you know what I mean? There I am between H of Steps and whatever the other fellas call from Boys Home. And it was like very obvious that my knowledge of this particular generation of music was running out of steam. <laughs> but a nice enough experience, yeah. yeah. Good. Um, look, we can't let you go without talking about night fever. The boys versus the girls. <laughs> Pop monkey. <laughs> Who can forget Pop monkey? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, TV show I did for Channel 5. Very popular. It was. Yeah, very popular. Yeah, very simple. Karaoke, girls versus the boys. Please, can someone get them out of the pub or else it's going to just kick off? <laughs> Normally it was the girls. I did that for a few years. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. Um, did you see that? There was a thing on Twitter the other day about, and I noticed you did surprise, surprise. There was a thing someone had put together all of the bits from the end of surprise, surprise, where Silabat lists the people who've just been on the show. And it was the most extraordinary cavalcade of light entertainment stars, but then people you wouldn't expect, like Walter Koenig from Star Trek was in it. And <laughs> there was just like... You, so do you, do, you remember, do, you, do you remember being on Surprise, Surprise? You must have been amongst... Was, was that, that Silla Black? Yeah. No, I don't. No? OK, go. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise. That. We've got no... Oh, no, no, don't say that. No, right. No, sorry. That's <laughs> OK. No. Right, I'm going to ask you an emergency question. Go on, mate. We did some backstage. Let's see how these go. Um, there's, uh, there's some ones that have been written by AI. We're, we're living in the future. Oh, good. Uh, this, is a, this is a good question for you. What's I the do most... not recognise your face. <laughs> these are, they're better than me, these ones, that, that some of these. What is the most ludicrous thing you've done in the name of love? <laughs> Climbed up a drain pipe and put my foot through diff two different floors of windows <laughs> on my way to my destination. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've, you, you met your wife when you were a young man. It's a, it's a, so they it's, say, so they say. <laughs> it's a successful uh, showbiz, long-lasting marriage. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Still, is it still, you know, I can't, I, is it still going well? Yeah, you've got to say yeah. <laughs> it seems to be. It yeah. Seems, it seems to be a a, a happy family, well, grandchildren you know, jumping on you, breaking uh, your ribs. Yeah, that boring. I come from a very disparate background. I'm yeah. very pleased to have you know some you know family. Yeah. Joy, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it's you know you had you had a. a, a All right, will you stop now? <laughs> but you had a very difficult childhood in that in that sense, didn't you? And you didn't you didn't know your dad and. No, got, I didn't. You, you no, got sent no. to Wales, which must have been you know. What kind of punishment is well, that? Well, exactly. It, it, <laughs> it wasn't having to leave my mum. It was fucking Wales. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a very nice place. And yeah. I lived with my aunt for a few years. Yeah, my dad was fucked. And, you know, it was very odd, my upbringing. But, um, you know, whose wasn't? You know what I mean? When you talk to anybody and scratch the surface, everybody's lives have got something, haven't they? So you deal with it. And, it, yes, what, 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 what you make of it. Yeah. And it, it is. It, I, I can't get away from the fact that I think how extraordinary a, a social document the books and the music is, you know. And I think that's. that's... Can you tell someone else to buy the flipping book then? <laughs> it's a good. It's a great book. It's a great book, and it's a Thank great you. The documentary. And the book, the book from the documentary is absolutely fantastic because I think you just 
to get that many different voices. I think exactly it. You know, you, would, you, you often get, like, one person from a band writing a book. But for everyone to have their say, they slightly contradict each other. But just... And, and because the, the beauty of it is it's the time before you were... You know, it's, it leads up to where you became famous. Well, exactly before we was yeah. we. We yeah. were just thinking everything's recorded about when we were famous. Also that that I do most of the talking, so why not let Woody's opinion, the drummer or Bedders or... And we all contradict ourselves, which is funny, and it, it reminds me of things I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah. But it is funny, that thing, like, you know, that everyone has... You're in that party, right, and everyone goes, you were right bang out of order. I said, I don't remember that. You were. I remember you <laughs> puking up back behind us, sofa. And everybody's got a different um, take on that particular moment in time, yeah, which I think is great, because it was... Everyone in my band is a character. You know, my band, no, our band. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they've all got their own opinions, yeah, and they've got very strong... They were all, you know, very strong characters even before. You know, we were all, as I say, quite well known from round our way. So it's nice that everyone had their chance to say their piece, yeah. And I think, Suggs, you've, you've, when you look at the band... Don't. You've, you've, you're doing pretty well. The rest, there's some, you know, time, time's taken its toll. Don't speak about yourself like that. <laughs> but um, you've stayed very youthful, I'd say. You, you, well, you look, you I don't look know. You know, I don't know. I mean, we were talking backstage. You see old pals <laughs> and you go, you don't want to say, do you? Jesus Christ. What, you? <laughs> Terry, is that you? <laughs> no. I'm not saying. <laughs> but I have been sort of fortunate, as have most of the band. I mean, I don't know, you know, DNA, obviously, but I do think joy and happiness and what Madness have tried to do is not something that takes away. Do you know what I mean? It adds to who you are. I mean, that's what I feel. Yeah, when I do those gigs, I do feel like I'm 18 again, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it must... I hope you understand, because I think sometimes... <clears throat> You're still going on about it. But sometimes people don't... So people, sometimes people don't look back at their own career and don't necessarily appreciate what it means to other people. Do you, do you get what it means? You know, you've got... There's a lot of your fans... I do now, like, I do now. Do like I said, I was walking around Camden Town and I bumped into a few old friends. And, and, yeah, people say, you know, what it meant to them, yeah. And um, obviously not when you're in the moment because you're just in a whirlwind of stuff. Now, when I look back, yeah, and I meet people who say, you don't know, you know, how much joy you brought and all that. Yeah. I'm very I'm very appreciative, yeah, of course I am. Yeah, and, you know, it's... Especially it's sort of... when they pay money to come and see us. Well, it, that's, what, that's, that's what you do. You make them happy, make them think you're a nice person, then they keep coming back for exactly. 40, 50 years. You've got it. <laughs> that's the work, you know what I mean? Being on stage is nothing. It's the rest of it. Making people think you're nice. That's the main thing. <laughs> but it's, I think it's. I just think it's. It's an. It's an amazing thing, and it's an amazing career for the for all of you. Um, but it, you know, to, I think to. I know music has that, and you know, and music, the music you listen to when you're a kid does stay with you your whole life. And I know no, I that's the thing. I've done something recently with Paul Weller, and yeah. we were just doing a couple of songs, and it wasn't really working. One of them, and I said, Paul, look, mate. It's only music. And then there was a silence, and he went, no, it ain't, sucks. <laughs> and that's a very good point, what you make, because pop music gives you a moment in time, doesn't it? Like, where you had your first kiss, dance, whatever it is, that record, whatever it may be. I mean, we had a lot of them, fortunately, so <laughs> there's a lot of memories. 
But things like It Must Be Love, we play that still. And you see people who, you know, met and got married and all that. It obviously, it's important, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, uh, I think there's a... There's a but just, the, just the fact that all those, you know, the, the Olympics, the Buckingham, the, the Queen's thing, the BBC, there's, there's all that love for that band, which, I, you know, I, think, which I can't think of another band like it. I mean, it's partly that you're still going and still performing, but that's true of a, of a few bands from that era. So it's, but it, you know, it's, it's... This question must end at some point. It's a win. It's a win. Not a question, it's an observation. I'm, I'm talking now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Um, I mean, you, your fans are like nerds, but apart from that, it's good. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. Have you seen my fans? Um, we'll, do, we'll do one more emergency question, and then we'll see where we get to from there. Right. Um, if you could go into a chrysalis, sucks, like a caterpillar, and dissolve and come out as anything you wanted. You can choose what you come out of the chrysalis as. Yeah, I remember I went into chrysalis records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I come what out did, as what... a pop star. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. You're a very funny man. You've got me used to... Um, keep up, you're still doing the one-man shows, right? I hope so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's, the, the stories are incredible. The book's great. Buy the book. Buy both books, watch the, watch the documentaries, fantastic stuff. Buy the albums, watch Press Gang. <laughs> find World, Squad. Come find on, World War II treasure hunters, look out for that. <laughs> look out for... Watch out, that's unexploded. That <laughs> look out for the Avengers, you're in the, the music's in the last Very, five seconds. It. That was the other bit of my film career, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the only film they wouldn't allow to be reviewed because it was so <laughs> crap. Look out for that. You in the Edge of Love. Another for you in the Edge of Love. Got blown up in the first four minutes. Look out for you in the tall guy. Got blown up in the first six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a, there is such a, a rich oh, career. Yes. It's a fantastic. And I can't, I'm, I'm so glad uh, it's all going on. I'm so glad there's a tour and a new album. Uh, it's very exciting. New. I'll get my kids listening to everything. It'll pass on forever. They'll go, what was the back of the head with the plastic cup, Dad? And I'll go, I, I don't know, I never understood it. <laughs> I just remember. Plastic doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, plastic. The, the bamboo cup. <laughs> the bamboo cup. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a real honour to meet you and a real absolute pleasure to meet you. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the amazing Suggs, Graham McPherson. <laughs> have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Suggs. Thank you to Scant Regard. They do the music. It, I wish it was madness. That would be good. Uh, and also, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. Thank you to Chris Evans, not that one. Thank you to all the crew and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you very much to the skypotato.com and the gocustastrike.com and the fuzzproductions.com. Goodbye. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.